live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Tonight starts the fourth quarter of the 2021 Notre Dame football season, and the Irish will have to score a lot of points to start the fourth quarter of the season because they are facing the top-rated offense in the country tonight. Although we have a lot of injury questions surrounding Virginia's quarterback, and we just don't know what quite to expect, except a likely offensive shootout as the Irish hit the road for... A 7.30 kickoff tonight on ABC at Virginia. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where Bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, so glad to be with you this morning. Joined, as always, by Kevin Downey. Notre Dame is ranked ninth in the latest college football playoff rankings. The Irish are 8-1, and one, coming off a 34-6 win over Navy. And now Notre Dame has to go from facing the triple option to an offense that can put up 60, if you aren't paying attention, uh, Quite the drastic change, Kevin, for Notre Dame in this. And really, it started going from USC and UNC to Navy, and yep. then now Navy to uh, Virginia. Big change here in terms of you know your mental, your mentality on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, but I think, um, well, I was really impressed with Notre Dame's defensive coordinator and just basically simplifying and what they did their game plan against Navy kind of showed the bones or the what he's thinking what the basis of their defense is and it's aggressive and it's good and it's simple and the guys can run and play it's the stuff that he talked about at the beginning of the year that maybe there was a learning curve or you know people weren't in right fits but um yeah actually I came away with a lot more hope for their uh their defense especially because he's supposed to be such a good recruiter when he gets guys that can he's, really run he, and do he's this and he's really recruiting right now that's what i hear so <laughs> we don't talk about recruiting too much on the show but that's going really well and better than uh than normal right yes they're getting legit five-star kids i mean uh so it, it it's been impressive to see so if you can match that on the field and you get more of those yeah, five more stars of those guys look you know, most of the pro, the Alabamas, the Georgias of yeah. the world, Every they year. have they have <laughs> ten Kyle Hamiltons. Yeah, maybe not Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, he's pretty but, good. Yeah, I mean, but of that caliber, of that caliber, and it's consistent year after year of exactly. churning in these good guys. So. And that's the difference between those programs and Notre Dame over the you know the last decade in the big game. In the in the big <laughs> game, yeah, when they go to face them in that big game. All right, on tap on this morning's show, our focus on faith interview today is with former Irish offensive lineman Dan Santucci. He's now president of his alma mater, St. Patrick's Catholic High School in Chicago. He talks about his days at Notre Dame, his Catholic roots, and how. Getting yelled at by Charlie Weiss prepares you for life better than just about anything. (laughs) (laughs) We are now three quarters of the way through the season, so we will give our third quarter of the season gray reports position by position next segment and see where the team has improved from early in the year and where they maybe have regressed. Earlier this week, we spoke to Tyler Buckner for the first time, so you'll hear from the freshman quarterback later this segment and we of course break down the matchup with Virginia discuss the health of their quarterback Brendan Armstrong let's start on the injury front on the Notre Dame side first uh, Brian Kelly confirmed this week that Avery Davis is out for the season with a torn ACL just a terrible blow and yet another blow for the Irish wide receivers yeah that receiving core is really really thin I guess the the benefit would be you're still in good shape with Kevin Austin. He's doing better than last year. You lose, you know, having two threats immediately. Uh, Braden Lindsay, I know they have him listed starter. He's 
clearly really fast um, and quick, and that's his greatest attribute, but he's still kind of putting it together. An- another plus is that they keep winning games, except for the one, and now they're going to be playing a lot of younger wide receivers, so for the future, that bodes well. Down too. to five scholarship wide receivers. Jaden Thomas just called up from the scout team. We don't expect to see him play yet, unless there is yet another entry. So only really four wide receivers right now on scholarship yeah. that have played. Lorenzo Styles will start in the slot. He's looked really good. And then we could see Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree in the slot as yeah, well. More, well, in packages, too, they could do two tight ends and only two wide receivers. So, you, right. st- you know, you don't need to have four wide receivers. on. Well, the but it, or even if you put Kyron or Tyree in the slot because yeah. Logan no. Diggs is playing well at running back in addition. So you have some True. options in that regard to get more of your playmakers on the field because – and I don't know how healthy Tyree still is at this point as he continues to battle back from turf toe as yeah. we continue down the injury list. So I, I'm still con- – you don't sound as concerned as I am about the wide receivers. I'm – No, I mean it 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 stinks just because they have, they've gotten better and better and they're more consistent and they have two guys I think you can do a lot as a coach. But um, – you know, I mean, I would be very concerned if Kyron wasn't there. I mean, I think he's yeah. not just the energy and the best playmaker, but he's the thing that makes maybe even their whole team go. All right. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Kyle Hamilton out again. Uh, he's battling this knee injury, and, and we've talked about it mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. Is he going to come back? Is Is he saving himself for the NFL? Brian Kelly went out of his way this week to say, listen, this is not about that. Let's hear from Brian Kelly. Kyle is not cleared medically to play. Um, and, and so uh, once he's cleared medically to play, um, you know, he has every intention of, of playing. He just hasn't been cleared yet. Um, so uh, once, once our doctors give him the, the, the clearance, um, he's done everything um, that we've asked him to do. So I just want to make sure it's clear that this isn't a young man that doesn't want to play, that he's protecting himself for the NFL draft or a bunch of that stuff. Uh, here's a guy that's in the weight room. Uh, he's doing all the things that that uh, an engaged captain of our football team would do, but he's just not cleared right now. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's dealing with a, an injury that takes time and it's taken um, more time and, and like I said, when our medical people clear him, um, he'll be back. Uh, that just hasn't um, hasn't been the case. So I, I just wanted to be really clear uh, as to what his situation is, so uh, we don't have uh, false narratives out there about what his intention is. And um, he's been a great teammate, a great captain. Um, uh, we're we're really pleased with his engagement and everything that he's doing. So. I hope that's crystal clear to everybody so we can move forward there. All right, that's Brian Kelly on Kyle Hamilton trying to make it crystal clear. (laughs) I hope he's not listening, but my question is, will he ever get cleared? In quotation marks. (laughs) So, you know, this could be a matter of semantics, too, in a way. And I'm not saying he doesn't want to play, but you get to a certain point, okay, do you need him? And what are you playing for? And you still don't know. I mean, this is the game you wanted him for. Yeah. You know, against Brendan Armstrong. Mm -hmm. This is the game you needed him for. Uh, You needed him for facing North Carolina, and you needed him for for Virginia. You didn't need him for Navy. You don't need him against Georgia Tech. You don't need him against Stanford. You can use him. 
yeah. certainly it'll help. Yeah. But Anytime you don't he's ha- out there would be a but, bonus. But you don't have to have him um, in those games. So th- and and tonight and again now let's transition to to Brendan Armstrong. Mm-hmm. You know and and not sure what to expect from. Him. First of all, let's let's look at these numbers. It's insane. He has completed 64% of his passes. Mm-hmm. He's thrown 27 touchdowns. Only uh, He's thrown eight interceptions, which is quite a bit. Yeah, that's but, a lot. But when you throw 27 touchdowns, that's not bad. He's averaging, he's averaging 395 <laughs> yards passing a game. Averaging. Joe Ander filling in this morning as our board operator just... His eyes just lit up behind the glass <laughs> as he heard that number. 81 rushes for 271 yards and seven touchdowns. You take away the sacks. I know they count, yeah. but I don't know if they're supposed to count for rushing yards. So he, if you take away those, he's got 447 yards, which is 50 yards per game. So here's a guy who is accounting for about 450 yards per game by himself. That yeah. is unbelievable. Now, the thing is... He got injured two weeks ago against BYU. He hurt his ribs. They were on the bye last week. Brocko Mendenhall, not telling us anything, nor would you expect him to. Mm-hmm. So we have no idea if Brendan Armstrong is 100%, if he's going to play and he's going to be favoring his ribs and he's going to have to pass, and if he gets hit, he might come out of the game, or if he's maybe not really healthy at all and he's not going to play much of anything. It's an unusual scenario and one where you have to prepare for, for for a lot of different scenarios, Kevin, which has got to be real difficult for this defensive staff. Yeah, I guess um, if I were the defensive coaches, I would just pretend like he's more than healthy. He's Superman. He can pass better than anybody. He's If you do look at him when he is healthy, he's, he's able to uh, do design quarterback runs, uh, but then he's also pretty good at scrambling and can make things happen, not even necessarily to extend the play, but, I mean, he'll reach a point where he just takes off um, and goes. So, again, I would just make him like Superman, that he's 100% healthy. He can pass, make any throw. The thing that stands out to me that's dangerous or why, why their offense is so good, clearly him, he gets the ball to him, but he has a lot of different weapons. Like, he has uh, three good wide receivers. The running back's pretty good, uh, and then a tight end that's like a, a physical <laughs> specimen. I mean, he's yeah, a he's crazy actually, mismatch. He actually, he actually makes uh, Michael Mayer look small. Yeah, yeah, 6'7", 265, but when you see he's, uh, what do you call it, zero. You know how they do that now, the even lower than one digit. So, I mean, he's a stud. He, like, stands out like, wow, that's that's crazy. And then little four, the wide receiver, Billy Kemp, he's really, really fast. But again, there's lots of them. You know, they're all five uh, skilled positions are pretty dangerous. And by the way, if uh, something happens to Brendan Armstrong, it's not clear who would go in at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if they're definitely going to pass, they might go wildcat. Who knows? It's 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 yeah. really hard to expect. Now, keep this in mind for those of you listening in the South Bend area. Adams alum Ira Armstead could be one of those guys that's in the game. Oh, cool. Uh, so that would be really neat. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll be. I have no inside yeah. information. I didn't ask. Be, <laughs> I have no idea if he, he would be the next guy in. It could be a collection of guys. They could be doing yeah. multiple different things. And that's the And part- as you said, do you prepare for a runner, a passer? You have a giant unknown. Who, so, yeah, they it, got the best guy in the world, number five, and he's going to be there all game, uh, running and passing, yeah. if you're preparing mentally for it. Yeah, and look, here's my thing. If you're preparing for but you you have to spend some time on preparing for 
other scenarios, right? Or are you uh, you think? I mean, if you prepare for five for Brendan at his best as a runner and as a passer, and just assume that you're going to be have to stop the best that they have for both, I think you should be good. Because the thing that's interesting watching the the um, watching their offense is clearly that he stands out, though the skill guys stand out, but they're the defenses that face them didn't get a huge amount of pass rush. So it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's that question you always ask, can Notre Dame run the ball now or are yeah. they just facing really bad defenses? Like there's really not been a, a giant pass rush. Well, the generated. ACC has turned into the big 12 in terms of its <laughs> defense. <laughs> defense and scoring. It's a little different. All right. Uh, Brian Kelly was asked this week to compare Brendan Armstrong to Sam Howell from North Carolina. Here's what he had to say. You know, they're both tough competitors you know um i think sam howell you know was was born to be a quarterback armstrong has turned himself into being a great quarterback um you know and and by his hard work and just his competitive spirit he's put himself in in elite category they, they both just have great arm talents they're both you know great runners of the football they're both tough you know, you're defending, you're defending more than just them. You're defending, you know, the weapons that they have. And, and Virginia has a lot of weapons. I would say this, you know, just to finish the story about the two of them, you know, Virginia's got some of the weapons that uh, Sam had last year, a lot more versatility in terms of, you know, uh, the number of guys that, um, you know, Brennan can get the ball to. So both really tough competitors, both have arm talent, both are winners uh, and both are tough to defend. So BK saying what Kevin was saying there about the the the, wep of, yeah. the weapons, Kemp Thompson, Wicks, all with more than forty catches on the season. Put that in perspective. Only Michael Mayer has over forty catches on the Notre Dame side of the ball. Do you have concerns with Notre Dame's back seven without Kyle Hamilton against Virginia's weapons and Brennan Armstrong? Uh, possibly, but I think the the biggest we talked about into the leading into this that last segment but the biggest question mark for me would be Notre Dame's pass rush has been pretty good and getting better and better as the season went on so if they have a good enough pass rush and I guess I've always thought this if you have a good enough pass rush then you can kind of mask a little uh a little deficiencies in the second wow and that's what was that was the whole secret to 2012 yeah. you know you had Stefan <laughs> Tuitt, Capron Lewis Moore and Lewis Nix if you're a quarterback you got guys running at yeah. your face it's a little bit Made, made life a lot easier for a secondary that had, like, freshmen starting back there. So, yeah. um, speaking of freshmen, Tyler Buckner spoke to the media for the first time this week. He praised Tommy Reese a bunch, saying he knows everything. And he goes, I'm not being sarcastic. He really knows everything compared to what I know. <laughs> you know yeah. it, and, and then he was also talking about Jack Cohn and talking about how much Jack Cohn has prepared him and helped him develop to get to this point. Here's Tyler Buckner on Jack Cohn helping him out. Coming from high school, I don't want to say I knew nothing, but I knew some. But, I mean, in the, in, to what I know now, I mean, it's drastic change, and Jack's had a very big uh, impact on that. I mean, I think from the mental side of things, he's great. And I think especially the emotional side of things, he's very um, well-leveled, a great balance. His, he always keeps his uh, emotions stable. That's something I would like to have at some point in my career. And uh, from that level, I think – He's taught me the most. In terms of the comfort level with those emotions you spoke of from the early part of the season, maybe to now, as you've had some of the experiences. Yeah, it's gotten, I've gotten uh, a lot more comfortable, obviously, going from 
high school and you're not playing in front of many people versus here. I mean, you're playing in front of a lot. So uh, I think just the, like the first couple of games, you're a little bit nervous, obviously, because, you know, it's college and it's a little different. But um, as the dust has settled, you know, the comfort level has definitely increased. And, uh, you know, I've come to realize that at the end of the day, um, I practice against great players every single day. Our defense is awesome and uh, our scout team does a great job. So um, from just a pure football like perspective, um, it's the same game. So I've learned to be more comfortable uh, because of the work that I've done in practice. But at the end of the day, it's just football and the rest of the stuff is just noise. And it's, you know, you can just block it out and just play ball. That's Irish freshman quarterback Tyler Buckner talking to the media for the first time this week. Do you see Notre Dame using him maybe more here tonight than it feels like they're not using him as much? He's been in there on yeah. big plays on occasion. Like they don't they're not afraid to use him, but mm -hmm. but it doesn't seem like they're using him as much the last couple of weeks. Well, especially like giving him a full series that at least feels like it that they didn't. Um I don't know. I I guess it part of his whole maturation process you know now even just get him involved with the the media like there, there's a lot when you go from freshman to well, big time college football and, he, and, he, <laughs> like, and, there, and, and when you're a quarterback at Notre Dame well and as you know even, from covering him that's pretty big deal and he didn't even play last year because you know he's out yeah. in California and it was COVID they didn't have football because yeah. he enrolled early they moved it to the spring so he hadn't played since his junior year and then if either his freshman or sophomore year, he was out injured. Oh, wow. So he didn't he didn't have that much time. So what he's doing is really impressive, mm -hmm. um, to, say, to say the least. College football playoff rankings, Notre Dame ninth. The weird one is Michigan somehow ahead of Michigan State, yeah. even though Michigan State beat them two weeks ago. I don't know. <laughs> These people make no sense. I guess if you're a Notre Dame fan, you should be happy because that might mean – maybe that means Notre Dame can jump Cincinnati in the polls. That would be ridiculous. But yeah. it's – who knows? Who knows what could happen? There's still plenty of time for this to sort out. Notre Dame still needs a lot of turmoil to happen mm -hmm. in front of them. But the bottom line is this: Look, they're nine right now. You, you're, you're, you're one sure. loss. They have a, a chance to. Well, I mean, here's the thing: Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State are all playing each other. So yep. at least two of those are gone out of the mix. Yeah. So then you're down to seven, and then you got to see how things sort out from there. And I, th I think, I think they, they, I think they end up. Five or six. I don't mm -hmm. think they end up sneaking in because I think the Big 12, even if Oklahoma's playing Baylor today, they could lose. Mm -hmm. But that could get Baylor ahead of Notre Dame. Um, they're right behind, and Oklahoma yeah. State's right behind them. So those guys could potentially jump them as well. All right, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has been serving the Notre Dame community for more than 80 years. Get a debit or credit card from Notre Dame FCU and take a little bit of Notre Dame with you wherever you go. Member-owned not-for-profit banking is the way to go. You raise share values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Still to come, our Focus on Faith interview is with three-year Notre Dame starting offensive lineman Dan Santucci. And up next, we are giving our third quarter of the season grade reports position by position. Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays is back right after this. We know you like football, so do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day, free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown!
congratulations to the Marion football team on a third straight regional championship last night. Dwenger unfortunately falling on the Fort Wayne side of the diocese. I was with Marion last night on a cold and sleeting night broadcasting outside, so I thawed out about five minutes ago. In fact, actually now I get chills thinking about it all over again. We'll be with the Knights next Friday as they host Brebuff in semi-state. Listen to the game on 95.7 FM. And also next Thursday is the girls' basketball holy war as St. Joe hosts Marion. Listen to that game on 95.7. We'll also have a video stream of the girls' game at facebook.com slash 95.7 sports. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey back with you here. It is uh, a little, tr you know, after the third game, sixth game, ninth game, end of the season. We give our grade reports position yep. by position. So we're not now through nine games, and we're going to go through that. Ilya Glasman not with us, with us this week, took the day off. He did send in his grades. We'll we'll throw them out there. He sent in a laundry list of information as well. That will not be read, Ilya. You, you need to be here to get your information read. All right, buddy? Um, all right, let's start with the offensive line. Uh, this is the one that has changed quite a bit, certainly. Yeah. Um, you had him at C minus D plus through six games. Ilya had him at a D plus. I had him at a D plus. Ilya now has bumped him up to a B minus. I think that is a little bit way too high of a bump up um, because they have not been playing that German. I mean, they're playing a lot better, but the yes. first six games still count. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it still yeah, counts in sure. the equation. It's it's it, it's oh, it's what they've done for the year, and I think I think they're C in my opinion. Sure. I think they've been an average offensive line, and that's good because they were below average offensive line. Yeah, they were struggling. So what what do you what do you say? I had C plus. I think that they're again improving. The past couple of games have been way better than the first couple. All right, running backs. Uh, you know another area of improvement you've been high on them the whole time you've been right the whole time because uh it's not been them and now that yeah. the offensive line is playing better mm -hmm. well you're seeing the the success but Kyron Williams has been awesome uh he's just a talent and he, again we talked about his energy I mean he he makes the whole thing go not just with his big plays but his energy all right we don't have to waste time on this one Kevin goes a Ilya a minus I go a minus uh quarterbacks this is another interesting debate where are you going with this one c plus I mean I think Cohen is is a little bit better than average. I go B minus. I just feel like uh, he now that the offensive line is playing better. Yes, he's not getting sacked as much again. And this goes back <laughs> to the question we had last year: Is this a, or last week or the week before? Is this because Notre Dame's offense is playing better or because they're playing inferior defenses? Yeah, it's hard to know, and we won't find that out tonight because uh, Virginia's defense is atrocious um all right and then uh, so i had b minus Ilya had a b wide receivers uh you had a b last time around and you're sticking with a b yeah i think they're good i mean it, it definitely hurts that that they're out um one of their starters so i don't know how much the backup guys are but for the benefit of the doubt i mean they've improved drastically and in, in vast improvement from last year yeah uh, ilia's got him at a b plus i still have him at a b minus simply because uh you know there's You're a just, realist yeah <laughs> and there's not enough there's not enough depth there and honestly yeah. i really thought they were going to be better than the way they are maybe i'm grading on a curve mm -hmm. that i actually thought they were going to be even better than this um and they're not they've been good they're better than last year like you said yeah. but they're not like they're not as good as when Chase Claypool was here, or yeah, true. so. So when you look at stuff like that, I I just can't give them above a B minus at this point. Tight ends. This is an interesting one. It is. It's tough for me. I I dropped down to an A minus. I mean, I think Michael Mayer's a, he's really good, good talent, but I don't know if he's lived up to my expectations. Well, I think they're just <laughs> covering him. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> I think they finally realize you have to double team the guy. Don't let him beat you, and that's what they're doing. Yeah. The problem is they haven't had many other options because they've been so depleted at, at tight end. Mm-hmm. I went with B plus because of that. You know, usually Notre Dame is extremely deep at tight end. Yeah. They have the talent. Just guys have been injured, so um, I think that has affected them. Uh, Ilio won with a B minus. All right, let's switch to the defense. Uh, the defensive line has been great. Ilya has been A plus all, all season, season yeah. and he's sticking with that. Um, and you and I are making a a bump up. I'm going yeah. from B plus to A minus. You're going from B to A minus. Yeah, so. In the beginning of the year, I was C plus. I thought. Okay. They were, wow. <laughs> so they've really, to me, they've improved a lot, which again is going to be a key to the game tonight. All right, uh, the linebackers. Um, you know, this is where you and I actually went in different directions. Yeah. We're, we're, I thought they were improving from B minus, well, yeah, B minus to A minus. And I, I'm gonna take them down because I feel like the, the they're playing all great. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you lost three linebackers at the beginning of the year, I think now they're getting tired. And yeah. I think we're starting to see. JD well, isn't per- Drew White fighting through? Well, Drew White's a, a hurt. Big injury. Yeah. yeah, he's got a knee injury that he's battling through. I think JD Bertrand's just worn out. Um, so I, I, and I like Bo Bauer. Yeah. Bo, Bo Bauer. He's been one of the guys that's been, yeah, he, yeah. And it's just, it's been, it's been tough though, because I feel like they're just not as, as, as it good seems of a like place. they're thinned out. I agree. Yeah. So, um, and then Ilio won with a minus. He agreed with you on that one. Secondary. What do you got? Uh, C plus. I mean, I think they're a little bit better than average. Wow, see, I had him at a B. I had to drop him a little bit because of... You lose Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, well, not even just that, because, the, you know, they still gave up quite a bit against North Carolina. Um, Ilya had him at a B plus. I do think they're playing better than I thought they would without Kyle Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Agreed. tonight's tonight's the ultimate the test, test yeah. is the real test. Special teams, what do you got? Uh, see, I think they're average. All right, uh, I have a B plus. Ilya's got him at an A because of that kickoff return for touchdown. Ilya's yeah. never seen that in his lifetime, so <laughs> um, so he figured he got to go with an A. He said he can't go with an A plus because uh, they did fumble a ball, uh, oh, yeah. you know, against Cincinnati. They, kind of a big deal. Coaching, what do you got? Uh, I think B plus, and even that may be a little overly critical. I just think I think Brian Kelly's doing a good job again. And, I mean, four years in a row under the new reboot of Brian Kelly, the teams get better as the teams go on, or as the year goes on and the wins keep coming and not as many losses. Ilya won with an A+. I'm apparently the negative in the group. I have him at a B. I had him at a C-plus through, through six games. So I think uh, – It was right after Cincinnati. Yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I was a little jaded <laughs> a little bit. So um, I, I have him at a B. I still think there's there's areas that they, that they could have been better in. And yeah. you know what? I still think it was on the coaches that they lost against Cincinnati. I agree. That so was hard for me too. that plays a big factor. Yeah. Um, overall, what do you got? I think B-plus. I mean, they're top – 10 team, like you said, I think, yeah, and they keep getting better. Yeah, I, I, I go with B-plus as well because I give the kids credit for the way they've adjusted, mm-hmm. um, but certainly uh, they could be in a better place, but I don't know how much better of a place they could be. Maybe, they're young. They had lots of injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's a little I, different. coming in the year, I thought they were going to be 10-2. and two. Now I think they're going to be 11-1. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty good season considering where they, they were at. Yeah. All right, uh, up next, former – Offensive lineman for Notre Dame, Dan Santucci, is our Focus on Faith guest. A great conversation, including how uh, getting yelled at by Charlie Weiss helps prepare you to become a leader in life. That's next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. 
the golden rule. When you schedule a financial checkup with Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our people will be helpful and honest and kind. They will look for ways to save you money, and when your checkup is complete, they will send $150 to Redeemer Radio. For more info, visit NotreDameFCU.com elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Big thank you to Tyrac for all their support of our internship program that we run with students from St. Joseph and Marion High Schools here in Michiana. The students receive practical college-level internship experience, helping out with our broadcast of high school football and basketball. Wouldn't be possible without the underwriting support from the folks at Tyrac. No surprise, Tyrac named the best tire center in Michiana in the South Bend Tribune's Best of the Best Awards. More tires, great prices. Visit Tyrac. Com. All right, time now for Focus on Faith, and it's with Dan Santucci, three-year starting offensive guard from 2004 to 2006. Comes from a big Catholic family, his dad born in Italy. He's the product of an all-Catholic education from grade school to college. Worked in development at Notre Dame for the last several years. He and, he and his wife Meredith have five kids. They attended Christ the King and St. Pius here in town, but they recently moved to Chicago as... Dan became president of his alma mater, St. Patrick's High School. It is a great conversation about how about faith, family, and football, including memories of his days playing at Notre Dame and how, yes, getting yelled at by Charlie Weiss can help prepare you for life after football. Here's Focus on Faith with Dan Santucci. Dan, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, I just want to start off with your new role, uh, going back to your alma mater, leading, leaving development at Notre Dame, an opportunity to be president at St. Patrick's, uh, your high school there, the, the oldest Catholic all-boys high school in Chicago. What's the transition been like, and how much are you enjoying uh, being back at your alma mater leading the way? Well, thank you, Angela, first for having me on. And um, No, obviously that's the obvious question here in uh, – Super excited to be back at St. Patrick High School. I mean, I obviously love my time at Notre Dame, you know, graduating there in 2006 and, and playing football for the Irish and then uh, going back there after my, you know, short professional career and working in development the last 10 years. I built so many great relationships in South Bend and, and it's still home to me as well. But when this opportunity came to me to come back home to a place that I truly love and, and to a place that I credit much of my success, St. Patrick High School, it, it really lit a fire in me um, to come back here and work with these boys at the high school level and, and help them become young men and kind of bring our school back to the way I remember it. We have a great school, you know, but there's been some challenges, right, with enrollment these days and Catholic grade school feeders closing and all sorts of different elements, you know, other high schools opening up and whatnot. Um, the challenge to come here and kind of increase enrollment and, and bring our school back to, like I said, the to how I knew it back when I was here um, really intrigued me. You have an all-Catholic education, grade school, high school, obviously there at St. Patrick's, and then certainly Notre Dame. How much does that help you in your role? Uh, you, you don't know it any other way. No, for sure. I mean, I, I obviously believe in Catholic education. I mean, credit my parents to that, right? They put four of us through Catholic education. Neither of my parents went to college. You know, blue-collar family, just very hard workers, Um and saw the uh, we're willing to make the sacrifice to put us through Catholic education. I think it paid off tremendously. And that's why we are doing the same along with my brothers and sisters. You know, all of our kids go to Catholic grade schools. And now I'm back working at a Catholic high school. I mean, I think now more than ever, given the craziness in our world, I, I think Catholic education is, is needed. 
Um, so I, I love being back. I love what we do. Um, I, I love what we preach here at St. Patrick High School, our, our LaSallian mission. Um, it's all very important to me, and I want to you know, instill that in others. You know, how much does pl- being a football player help you now as a leader? Some people take that for granted, but certainly when you play football, you become a leader. You learn a lot of tools. In what ways did playing at the at the highest levels at Notre Dame and, and in the NFL prepare you to be a president of a high school? You know, that's a great question. You're really, you hit a lot of points there. I mean, it does prepare you to be a leader because you go through some very tough circumstances, right? From from the grind out there during two days in the heat and um, you know, different, difficult conversations you have with your coach. Like I'll never forget when I had a bad game and, and coach Weiss ripped me, you know, in, in his office. Um, and I'm being honest, like that prepared me where there really isn't a tough conversation anymore. I mean, there are tough conversations, but nothing will ever be that, you know, nothing will ever be the same as that conversation, the way I took that. So again, I think it prepares you for adversity. It prepares you to have a difficult conversation when needed. And then it allows me to use my experience when I talk to these boys and say, hey, I've been through it. I've been through the good. I've been through the bad. And you got to persevere. And here's kind of how I did it. And maybe these tools will help you. So it definitely prepared me for this role and just for life in general. Can you believe it's been 15 years since your uh, Notre Dame playing days now? Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. It really goes fast. It, it kind of all came full circle back in South Bend when my, you know, we have five kids, Meredith and myself, and my oldest now will be 13 here the next month. And I'll never forget the day I took him to his first game at Notre Dame and I'm standing up in the, you know, we're in that, we're up in the bowl and I'm just sitting there going, wow. Like it really brought a tear to my eye. I remember running out, out there on the, you know, out of the tunnel, like it was yesterday. And now I'm standing with my son watching the Irish. So yeah, time flies, but Angela, I can tell you, I, I still remember a lot of the plays like it was yesterday. I could go through many of the games in my head, which is pretty, which is pretty uh, crazy or wild, but um, yeah, I, I'll never forget those days. All right. Well then might as well go through some of those. What, what are the, what are the, you know, couple a few plays that immediately stand out when you think about, you know, the heyday uh, of your playing days in 05 and 06. Yeah, you know, the Georgia Tech game when we went on the road against Kelvin Johnson and it was a tough game. We actually thought we'd, you know, we thought we'd win pretty easily. Obviously, no game is easy, but we thought we'd, we'd take them and they had a great game plan. And I'll never forget, uh, you know, we did a quarterback draw and, and John Sullivan and myself double teamed the guy, you know, right into the end zone. Brady Quinn scored. It was That was a great play. You know, obviously, 2005 USC, I mean, although I don't like to watch that game because we, we ended up losing um, – it was the greatest game I ever played in. I mean, from the atmosphere to the way the game went, you know, we thought we won at the end, you know, and then they, they came back and, and scored, but the whole bush push thing, but had some, some great plays in that game. And then the bowl games, you know, again, we lost both, but playing against those great players at Ohio state and LSU and, and you know, holding my own out there. Um, but you know what? It's all about the team. You know, I, I just always remember being with the guys and that's what I missed the most. There's nothing, there's nothing in life that will ever, you know, duplicate that experience. You know, I mean, it, it's so hard to tell others that unless you've been there, but it, it was truly a special opportunity and, and one I'll cherish forever. 
Dan Santucci, former Notre Dame offensive line, lineman, multi-year starter, graduated from Notre Dame in 2006. Joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, our Focus on Faith interview. Dan, you know, you mentioned your parents neither graduated from uh, from college and and your dad born in Italy, a big Catholic family you had there. Take us through kind of your Catholic journey, uh, your faith journey growing up and how important that was in, in your household. Yeah, it was super important. I mean, both of my parents are very strong in their faith. And, you know, we were one of those families where on Sunday when you didn't want to go to church, you better get up and go to church or else you're not leaving the house, you know. And and again, um, whether that's that philosophy is right or wrong, it really it really showed us the importance of church, right, and going to mass on a weekly basis. And that's something that we do with, you know, Meredith and I do with my family. And you, you don't miss church, you know. It's important. And I think you got to instill that in your kids at an early age. And and also now at the high school level, you know, we go to mass here once a month. And I think it's so important because for some of our boys, that's the only time they go, you know, they go to mass, you know, um, and, and that's important to me. So, yeah, our, our faith, like I said, my parents lived it daily. Uh, they still are, you know, attend mass on a weekly basis and uh, sometimes a daily basis. But it's more importantly, the way they live their life. They're very humble and, and selfless and I, I try to do my best to follow in their footsteps because they were they were great role models for me. You have five kids now. You parishioners at both Christ the King and St. Pius. What was that experience like, and, and what was it like giving your kids that, that Catholic education as well here before you guys obviously moved back to Chicago most recently? Yeah, it was a great experience. We, we, we love both parishes. You know, um, we had great experience at Christ the King, but when we moved out to Granger, you know, and St. Pius was a block away. We just figured, hey, let's just move with, like you said, with five kids, it's hard enough to get them all dressed and ready in the morning. So it was, it was only a convenience factor why we ever, uh, you know, switch parishes. But, you know, it, it's a great community, right? We, we, we were embraced by everyone there on both sides. And, uh, but it was super important. Like I said, right there, laid the groundwork for our kids um, to, to go to church and the importance of a Catholic school, so yeah, I value and value both of those uh, both parishes. Tell us about the love story of Dan and Meredith, uh, and, and how that came to be. I know she was a cheerleader for for Notre Dame while you're playing football. How uh, how did that all came to be? And uh, you guys got married. Didn't seem like too long after after you guys graduated. No, yeah, exactly. No, I was uh, blessed to meet Meredith. Um, you know, I, I love her to death. And uh, yeah, she was a senior when I was a sophomore. I. I you know, we kind of knew each other through mutual friends. I, I didn't even know she was a cheerleader. I approached her passing in the in the on campus, basically, and um, we we got together, went out for dinner, and kind of the rest is history. But she's the the rock of our household. You know, she's raised these five kids. Um, you know, we have a great balance, but she's had the toughest role in being home with those with those kids every day. But it's we we've made the sacrifices to keep her home because I, I think that's important. You know, that was that was what was done with my parents and I, I saw the value in that. And she's been a great, great mom for us and, and a great wife. And uh, but truly blessed to be both in Notre Dame will always be a special place for us because that's where we met. Um, we love it there. We we just went back for the USC game, just the two of us. You know, uh one of my benefactors treated us to tickets and we sat with him and his wife and his daughter and a phenomenal experience. You know, we're going to try to bring the kids, you know, do one game a year, but it was even, it was special just the two of us going back and allowing us to kind of reminisce and take it all in. So, um, but yeah, that's where, that's where we met and uh, the rest is history. You know, you said you didn't know she was a cheerleader. Are you that locked in? Uh, do, were you that locked <laughs> in during games that you're not paying attention to anything around you? 
Yeah, I, I was I was worried about getting on the field at the time. You know, I was, you know, and I always tell everyone, Angela, it's pretty funny. But I said, yeah, I go, you know, Meredith, she definitely loved me for me because I was a fat old lineman, three ten, and I was I was riding the bench at the time we met. So it wasn't like a starter, you know, this good looking guy. I was uh, I was a big guy sitting on the bench, and um, but yeah, at the time I did not know that. But it was it was great. I'll I'll never forget the funny quick story. My parents go out to Boston College. You know, we're playing out there and they know I'm dating Meredith and they, my mom made a point to go find her and she's yelling down there like while she's cheering, you know, that's her, that's her to my dad and embarrassed the heck out of her. But uh, it's pretty, pretty wild. But yeah, no, it's, um, it's all good. It's all, all good now. That's hilarious. Dan Santucci, former Notre Dame offensive lineman, now the president of St. Patrick's Catholic High School in Chicago, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. You know, you mentioned the weight loss. What are you down to now? You know, you're, what'd you say, 310? And obviously you're not close to that anymore. Take us through no, uh, where you're at right now. Yeah, you know, I, I, I always knew when I was done playing, I'd lose the weight easy because easily because it, it was so hard to put on. Um, but yeah, I, I got all the way down to about 195. But wow. that, that was a little that was a little too light for me, Andrew. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't really feel great at that weight. So I'm about between 210 and 215 is kind of where I sit. And I, you know, I still love working out. It's been a part of my life since I was a freshman in high school and try to do that on a daily basis. You know, the schedules change where now I, instead of working out at 6.30 in the morning, I go at about 4, 4 a.m. and get that in before the kids get up. That way I'm not taking away from their time. Um, so, yeah, but what, working out and nutrition is kind of where I channeled all that competitive side from football after I was done playing, just trying to live a healthy lifestyle to, to be able to be there for my kids and my wife. You mentioned being back for the USC game and certainly the offensive line for this year's squad has gotten a lot of criticism, but they seem to have had a growth. What have you seen from them and how proud are you as a former offensive lineman to see the, the way they've grown throughout this year? Yeah, no, I'm super proud of the O-line. I mean, honestly, I, I know it started off a little rough, but you know, a lot of new faces on that line. It takes a little time to build that chemistry. And believe me, it's not an easy position. And it's a position where you really only get criticized when you're not playing well, you know, and, and it's very easy to see. I mean, you could block, you could block the guy in front of you the whole game and do a great job. And if you give up one sack, that's all anybody remembers, you know? So out of 75 plays, you could have 73 or 74 really good plays. And if you give up that one sack, it looks like you have a, you know, it looks like you have a, you had a bad game. So Again, I'm proud of them that they're really coming around. It's going to pay dividends here now that they're they're playing together. They're young. Um, they're getting a ton of experience, and uh, I hope they finish strong. But but very proud of the O line. Finally, uh, I always like to ask this question to to former players and alums: when when you are back on campus, what are the must I must go to places on campus for for you? Yeah, I mean, like you said, being a man of faith, I, I definitely love going by the grotto. Um, it's just a special place, um, even if it's just to stop by for a second and say a prayer. Um, obviously, the stadium, you know, going back there is it means a lot. And it, but you know what? It's been it's been great to now that I'm not working. You know, this time going back to go out and visit some friends and, and people in the you know tailgating. It was it was a lot of fun. You know, but but definitely, like I said the, the grotto and just in the whole campus. I mean, just walking down Notre Dame Avenue. Um, you know, it puts it all in perspective. You know, I just what a special place Notre Dame is seeing that golden dome um, on a beautiful fall day. It, um, I, don't, I don't know much of a better place you could be. So uh, it's, it's always great to get back. We'll always make it a priority. We're not far away, uh, but it's also great being back in Chicago with family, my brothers, my sisters, my parents, 
um, and, and trying to, to do great things here at St. Patrick High School. Dan, thank you very much. We appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us. Thank you, Angelo, for having me on. I wish you all the best. Dan Santucci, former Irish offensive lineman, three-year starter from 2004-2006. I love that story about his wife on the sidelines as a cheerleader, and all of a sudden Dan's parents yelling, that's her, that's the girl dating. <laughs> I can only imagine what that situation what Meredith felt like in that moment. So, uh, you, you've got to know Dan a little bit over the yeah, years. Yeah, more just in the uh, our adult life, I guess. But he grew up, or he moved when he was at Christ the King Parish. He lived in my brother Ben's neighborhood, so we got to know him there. And then um, when we were both at St. Pius, having big families, we'd be at the back of church walking little ones <laughs> every once in a while and running into each other. But great guy, super down to earth. Um, and then I, I did talk with him when – he was getting ready to go up for the uh, St. Patrick's job change and just how kind of exciting and how, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Like he wasn't thinking about doing that, but every once in a while you'll get a tap and a, and a nudge to do something different. Yeah, and uh, it sounds like things are going well so far for him, and we wish Dan the best of luck up there at his alma mater, St. Patrick's High School in Chicago. Up next, it's our game day sprint to kick off as we preview Notre Dame versus Virginia. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays is back right after this. Are you feeling sandwiched between caring for aging parents while still raising children? If so, join me, Chris Godfrey, every Monday during the noon hour for the Sandwich Generation. Every week I'll have conversations with experts and friends on this important calling. Being sandwiched is a great opportunity for growing in our friendship with God. So tune in for advice and inspiration every Monday during the noon hour or listen anytime at Spokestreet.com sandwich. Welcome back on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you as we count you down to Notre Dame and Virginia tonight at 7.30 on ABC. Notre Dame ranked ninth in the country, 8-1 overall. Virginia is 6-3. This is the fourth all-time meeting. Notre Dame leads the all-time series 3-0 with the Irish winning the last meeting 35-20 in 2019 at Notre Dame Stadium. Virginia, let's look at their schedule real quick. Beat William & Mary 43-0. They beat Illinois 42-14. Lost to North Carolina 59-39. And lost to Wake Forest 37-17. Beat Miami 30-28. Beat Louisville 34-33. Beat Duke 48-0. Beat Georgia Tech 48-40. Lost at BYU 66-49. A uh, lot of high-scoring games, to say the least. Here's uh, what Drew, we talked about Brendan Armstrong, the outstanding quarterback, not 100% sure how healthy he's going to be here tonight. We talked about that earlier in the segment. But here's what Irish linebacker and captain Drew White had to say about what makes Brendan Armstrong so dangerous. He's a really good thrower. Um, you know, lefty, he can sling it. Uh, but I think overall his ability to extend plays um, and break tackles um, and scramble, and then, you know, whether it's, using his feet or, you know, buying time to get a receiver open. Um, you know, that's definitely his, his, you know, strongest attribute um, is just the ability to extend plays. And then how about the, the weapons around him um, and, you know, the, the dangerous aspects they have in that regard at Virginia, what are your thoughts on some of those guys uh, around Armstrong? Yeah, he's got great receivers. I mean, I don't think, you know, the offense would have had their success if, you know, they didn't have great receivers. And so, you know, it's not just one. It's, you know, the, I think the whole wide receiver room over at Virginia is, is talented. And so that's a, that's a um, you know, a challenge to us. It's a challenge to the back seven here. Um, 
to cover well. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, it's, it's a complete, it's a complete game. And so, you know, we need our D line to pressure the quarterback um, and we need our, you know, DBs and linebackers to cover. Um, and so we're going to count on all 11 guys to make sure we stop the, you know, Virginia offense. That is Drew Wright on Virginia's offense. You know, Kevin, he said ability to extend plays, and that's going to be the question tonight for Brendan Armstrong. Does he have the ability to extend plays because of that injured rib? You know, yeah. is he going to be just a pocket passer? That could be the difference in this game because yeah. if, if, if he doesn't have the ability to extend plays, I don't like Virginia's chances in this game. Well, and he's also a running threat on design runs too. So, yeah, if he can't run, it would uh, – it would definitely change the game. Then it's going to become more of a matchup. Um, but he does have a live arm too. So I, I guess <laughs> the neat thing about them are all their weapons. So, you know, number three and number two wide receivers are good, but number four, Billy Kemp, a little fast guy. And then Drew White's going to have to meet with a zero Jelani Woods, six, seven, two sixty five. He's a monster in there. Yeah, that guy. Uh, He'll stand out. He, he will stand out. You will notice him. Six, that that is that is. He's real big, tall. That is a big boy. I mean, they might put. They can put him on the. I mean, they got a. They got a six ten uh, right tackle. By the way. Wow. That that is really tall. That they, is. They really tall. they got a lot of height on that offensive line. Six seven, six six, yeah. six three, six four, six ten. I don't know how good the offensive line is. But uh, they got a, they got certainly size. Uh, that to say the least. You know who's not good? Virginia's defense. <laughs> so we haven't talked about that. There's a reason why they're six and three with the number one rated offense in the country. Their yeah. defense stinks. It's, well, they're two losses. So one, they gave up 59 points, and the other, the the last game, the last loss before their bye week, 66 points to, I was, to BYU. So you know, at least as a coach, that's where. Bronco Mendenhall came from. Yeah. He's going to give his best effort yeah. to the school that he left. And uh, I was watching points. that game. They were in it. I, it was a crazy game. I turned it on after uh, late night. It was a late night after coming back from the Notre Dame game. And I'm watching this game. I go, what is going on? And by the way, that is a low-scoring game compared to what it was at halftime. It was like 40. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. It was like 40, 44, 41 at halftime. And I was like, what am I watching right here? It was unbelievable. And the fact that it ended up being only 66-49 was a defense was good. Sh- defense is showing <laughs> in the second half. Uh, yeah, they're not they're not good. And here's the thing for Notre Dame. They got to get off to a good start. Yeah. I mean, they haven't, right? This has been the problem with the Jack Cohn-led offense. There has been... First s- couple series, usually not... And they can't afford that. If, you ha- if Brendan Armstrong is Brendan Armstrong, right? Mm-hmm. That's the caveat. Healthy and Raider role. And and you are slow starting on offense against a poor Virginia defense, then you're in a dogfight because you might be down twenty one seven in the second quarter. You may come back and win, but it's gonna be they gotta get off to a good start. They gotta score early and often in this one, in my opinion. Yeah, the Virginia's defense, man, really not good. So they're leading tacklers, number six, a linebacker, Nick Johnson, and then twenty nine the safety. But in just trying to do research for this, so on yeah. Virginia's website, <clears throat> it's really good. ACC usually has this. So you can go through and you can see stats, you can see game by game, everything. And they have highlights. For the six games <laughs> that I was able to research, there was maybe three plays, a couple interceptions, and one quarterback pressure. I've literally never seen that. I mean, this is your own media department showing your best plays <laughs> for a season. Uh, whew, not, not a lot of defensive stuff happening over there. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I, 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 all right. Well, I mean, I can't. I mean, because you're right. It, these media departments have such an ability to spin. Oh, yeah. It's not even funny. And the fact that. No, that's they, all they could do. They Two can, interceptions and a quarterback Kev, pressure. Kevin is digging and digging and digging. It can find no defensive plays. To, Just to, trust me. Do not Google search Virginia's defensive or, highlights 2021. All right. Not happening. <laughs> What's your prediction? <laughs> I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Notre really? Dame, you yep. think? Notre Dame 48 uh, to 42. All right, we're all in the same ballpark. Ilya's got 45-24 Notre Dame. I'm going for – I guess I'm the low-scoring one. I'm going 40-31 to 31 Irish. But honestly, I have no clue because I don't know what to expect with Brendan Armstrong in this game. So it's hard to imagine how this game ultimately plays out in that regard. All right, that will do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Joe Ander, for filling in for Ilya Glassman. For Kevin Downey, I'm on. DiCarlo, Notre Dame at Virginia tonight at 7.30 p.m. You can watch on ABC. We, of course, will be back with you next Saturday at 9 a.m. here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We close our show the same way the Irish traditionally close their pregame in prayer. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game. This is Leonard DiLorenzo, host of Church Life Today, a production of the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame. On Church Life Today, we talk with pastoral leaders and scholars about some of the most important theological, social, and ministerial issues in the church, digging deeper than sound bites or hot takes. If that sounds good to you, join us on Mondays during the noon hour right here on Redeemer Radio, or pick up episodes wherever you get your podcasts or directly at spokestreet.com slash churchlife.